Well, good afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's Talk is a program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes but has questions. In short, the program's designed for someone just like me, because you know there's a lot I don't understand. Maybe not something soul-shaking, and maybe it is. And that's what this program is about. Because, you know, I find sometimes a front porch-style talk with the pastor is the best way to understand it. Today's, today's guest pastor is a very special guest pastor, my co-worker and my personal friend, and the host of Moments of Assurance, Pastor Mark Hawkinson. Welcome to the program, Mark. It is a, a pleasure and a privilege. <laughs> is my mic on there? Yeah, there your, micro- okay. your microphone's on. No, but I didn't have it, the volume turned uh-huh. up. There we go. Now I hear... You're a radio a, guy. Boy, you know? I'm a radio guy. I'm supposed <laughs> to know that. Yeah, it is a pleasure and a privilege to be on your program here today. And Kip, it is no an honor to have it. you on at work. Well, thank you. A Maybe mutual because admiration. because you hear people start listening to the program. Oh, no, no, nothing. I'm certain. <laughs> you, get, you have a good listenership on this yeah. program. It's a very fascinating and interesting program because your guests are different every week. That's your true. topic's different every week. Uh, your calls are different every week. And uh, so you're you're doing a great job. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Sure. Uh-huh. And I will, uh, for the audience, I mean, if you've got questions for Mark or myself, now you can call us at area code 314-821-0850 in the St. Louis area or the lower 48 Tax-free, tax-free. <laughs> Why did I say that? <laughs> Toll-free. Sorry, it's election year. That's right. <laughs> 1-800-730-2727. Or you mm. can email us at letstalk at kfuo.org. Well, Mark, I want to talk to you about something that is on my mind, and that is prayer. Okay, now... We all do this. We're Lutherans. We're Christians. We pray. But what is pray? prayer, actually? Why should we do it? To whom should we pray? What should we pray for? What shouldn't we pray for? I got all What's that. What's the time to pray? I got all that down here. Bingo. I do. I do. First of all, uh, uh, Kip, uh, prayer is a faith response to what God has done for you and me on Calvary through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. It is a heart-to-heart talk with the Almighty. Uh, It's not an option for the Christian person or parson, as the case may be. Uh, The Lord not only invites you to pray as a Christian person, but commands you and me to pray. Uh, And uh, in fact, pray without ceasing. That would be an example of that. Where Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, he didn't say, think about praying without ceasing. He didn't say, consider praying without ceasing. He simply said, pray without ceasing. And Jesus said, pray in this way, our Father who art in heaven. And we get into the Lord's Prayer. Well, that's interesting so, because there's only one prayer that Jesus taught us. That's right. And that everything uh, originates from there. And uh, the, the purpose of the Lord's Prayer is to help the Christian to remember whom to thank. For example, we say, our Father who art in heaven. <laughs> and, uh, uh, the, you know, just like you have a, an earthly father who mm-hmm. provides for all your needs, how much the more, the arguments from the lesser to the greater, if your earthly Christian father is going to provide for all your needs, then how much the more is not your heavenly father? So when you're in church and uh, you're in a group or maybe you're in a family devotion situation uh, and you pray the Lord's Prayer, it's kind of a group thing. Uh, you can pray it individually, though, if you so desire. That's fine. But you are giving God the credit for being our Father. 
and then you say, hallowed be thy name, and thy kingdom come. That means that you're praying that just as God's kingdom comes down here to earth, that it would come down to you, his kingdom of love and forgiveness, and then outward to other people, that God, God's kingdom would come down outward to other people through you. Thy will be done. And, and that's, that's a key petition of the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done, because uh, sometimes uh, we uh, expect God to be a genie in the bottle. And uh, if we rub the genie just right, or if we say just the right words, if we have just the right formula in our prayer, then bingo, then God will deliver the goods. Of course, God is not... He ain't Santa Claus. Uh, he's not. No, he's not. And uh, he's our loving. That's why we pray in the Lord's Prayer, our Father who mm-hmm. art in heaven. So we pray thy will be done. And uh, just as on in heaven and also on earth. And when you think about it, uh, Kip, would you want it any other way? When you pray to God, sure, you would like what you are praying for to come your way. You'd like to get it. You'd like to get the goods for whatever you're praying for. But maybe it's not the best thing for you. Uh-huh. You know, there was an old Mick Jagger song that says, you, you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you might just get what you need. That's right. Yeah. The Lord provides for all our needs. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> now, all- we may not know it because we're fallible. You know, we don't know really what it is we need. That's true, too. When you think about it, that's really true. We may think Mm -hmm. that we know what we need, but our loving Heavenly Father already knows. Well, some other questions I have about prayer. I know, for example, you lead our our prayers at our departmental meetings. And uh, our prayers, of course, always end with, in Jesus' name. Now, is this something we need to do with every prayer? Yes, yeah, we pray in Jesus' name because we want to make sure we're praying to the right God. No, there's <laughs> there, only one. Of course, there's only, but you know what I'm saying, that, yeah. that we're not just shooting a prayer out there, but we're praying to the only true God, the, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy, Holy Ghost. Spirit. Yeah. So we pray. Jesus is our advocate. Through him, we are able to get to the Father. He, he is our mediator, the one who comes between God and man. So always, always, when you pray, pray in Jesus' name. Absolutely. One of these days, we've got to do a program on the nature of the triune God, because that yeah. is one of the supreme mysteries, if you will. All three persons are equal, yeah. yet they all have distinctive functions. Absolutely. Right. It's one mm-hmm. reason why, why uh, non-Christians often accuse Christians of being polytheists. They say, oh, well, <laughs> you've you got know. three different gods. That's no, right. we don't. <laughs> That's the mystery of the Holy Trinity. Right. That's it. Absolutely. Yes. Well, what are some of the, the proper prayers? Because we obviously know, like, the, the Lord's Prayer. You know, thy right. kingdom come, thy right. will be done. Right. Uh, we... Pray for 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 what? Uh, we pray for guidance. We pray for relief from pain. We pray for peace for uh, peace on earth, if you will. We we pray for all no, sorts of things. Right. Now, I, there is a danger, I think, especially with children, of them praying for things that are frivolous. Uh, and you know, I I think you know when, when I pray to God, I try to. <laughs> I try to say, this is real serious, God. I mean, I really need some help in this area. Um, and, you know, like I said earlier, somewhat flippantly, for which I will apologize, you know, God is not Santa Claus. God is the 
the stern. Well, you get loving. your point across. You yeah. got your point across. That was fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he is he is the stern but loving father and guidance and 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 mentor, if you will. And you you, you take it to the Lord in prayer. But for a whole bunch, a whole bunch of different things, you know, we we all have friends who are ill. We've been ill ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's called an intercessory prayer. When you pray on behalf of someone else for mm-hmm. their benefit, it's called an intercessory prayer. When you pray on behalf of yourself, it's a prayer of supplication. Ah, so you're 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 supplicating God, <laughs> so to speak. And uh, the other, as I mentioned, is intercessory. Uh, prayer. So a couple of different kinds. We are to pray for the government. We're praying for our president, as uh, St. Paul exhorts us to do, uh, to pray for kings and, and others who are in authority. Uh, we are to pray for ourselves. And we do that. You know, every Sunday at church, we have the prayer of the church, and this is exactly what we do. Uh, but sometimes you run into situations, uh, well, with, with the intercessory it, Boy, what's wrong with my mouth today? <laughs> I have that problem. Too. Yeah, with the intercessory prayer, mm-hmm. prayer, where we pray for a third party uh, who who might not be known to the mm-hmm. to the world or outside your particular cir- uh, circle. How important is it, or is it important at all, for that person to know that we are praying for them? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, I, I think it depends on the circumstance and situation, but most generally, it is it is good to inform the person that we're praying for you. And uh, this is as, as you see this on Facebook all the time. We want you to know that we're praying for you <laughs> in your situation. And uh, my goodness, it means a lot to know. Uh, you know, Saint Paul writes to encourage one another uh, in prayer. And how can you encourage them if you don't tell them you're encouraging them? <laughs> Good point. You know, like, yeah, how is that going to be encouraging? So uh, you want you want others to know, of course, that uh, you're 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 they're on your prayer list, and uh, you're keeping them in mind, and you're making intercessory prayer uh, for them. Uh, you may even give their name to the pastor, and that uh, he mm-hmm. prays for them. Uh, in some cases, anonymously. Some cases, maybe some people don't want their name known publicly. Uh, but most of the time, I know at the church that I attend, where I'm a member, uh, they flash that up on the screen on Sunday morning. I think that's very effective. Uh, they, uh, to whom uh, we are going to be praying for in a general prayer and uh, what their specific problem is. And uh, so we're able to look in advance at that list and start praying for them right away before we even get to the prayer that uh, the pastor prays. <laughs> so Good point. Mm-hmm. And, and that brings up another issue. Um, you know, you talked about putting the prayer on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And St. Paul talked about spreading the prayer. And I'm wondering, is this... It, I, you know, I hear a lot of criticism about about social media, which is a lot of it. Of course, uh, uh, is is quite correct. There's a lot of bad things going on there. I've also heard it said from people who are supposedly religious that we should not post prayers on Facebook or other social media because it cheapens the prayer. I'm not sure that's correct. To me, it seems that we're exposing people to the idea of prayer. I think it's a witness. I do. I think it's a witness. Uh, I don't see um, 
how it would cheapen prayer. Uh, I've never thought of it that way. We have pastors that put prayers on Facebook all the time. I read them. Mm -hmm. They're very effective prayers and little Bible studies. We have some retired pastors that are on Facebook that put little Bible studies on there, and uh, I think that they are very effective. And so I would argue that uh, from the witness angle, uh, you know, it's tremendous witness for Jesus Christ. Go there and pray in Jesus' name and pray, pray for other people. Well, that's, that's, that's part of it. How about a prayer of thanksgiving where we're not asking for anything? We're simply saying, thank you, Lord, for your bounteous gifts. Thanksgiving is the heartbeat of prayer. No question about it. That should be the first thing on our lips when we get up in the morning. Hey, Lord, thanks. My lungs are still expanding. <laughs> my lungs, my heart is still beating. I woke up on the right side of the dirt. That's right. That's, oh, goodness, I never thought of that. That's, uh, well, that's certainly true. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, that is uh, what is commanded. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to get to that a little bit later in, okay. in the program, maybe in Philippians chapter 4. Uh, be joyful always. Paul told the, the, the Thessalonians, be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So it's his will that we give thanks. And it sure makes a difference in how I approach situations that uh, I'm facing from day to day. If uh, I'm able to say thank you in advance, Lord, for your help uh, in this uh, meeting that I'm going to or in this Bible study or in this Moments of Assurance program that I'm doing. I always pray before I get on the air on Moments of Assurance, for example, that what I say and do would be uh, reflective of uh, 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 my love for the Savior and uh, the message that the message might get out to other people. Well, I think also, the, you know, the book of Job, I think, has a wonderful lesson for us there. Where, Despite mm-hmm. everything that happened to him, he still praised the Lord. He maintained his faith despite losing everything. And the Lord was gracious and merciful to him by restoring everything back to him once again. Uh, but the point is that his friends, they became antagonists. He had three friends, and, and they were antagonistic toward him somewhat, somewhat in, in some cases. And uh, it was kind of like, you might as well just, you know, die. Just give up, give it up. Give it up, Job. And, uh, of course, he didn't. He maintained his faith. He was persistent in his faith. You know, you and I have both gone through some hardships in our life. And uh, I know I've I've gone to the Lord in prayer saying, why is this happening to me? But I should be prefacing it with, thank you, Lord, for this day. And uh, I'm ashamed to say that sometimes I haven't done that. Well, I think all of us, every person even that's listening can probably say that, that they're, you know, they haven't, you know, 365 days a year, they haven't always given thanks as they should. And um, I'm certainly guilty of that. But it sure makes a difference in my perspective uh, for the day. Uh, if now, if you're facing multiple challenges at the present time, and it, it just seems like uh, you know, from the left, you get hit from the left, hit from the right, from the front, from the back, and it's just so overwhelming. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> the psalmist said, "When I am overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I." 
And that's what it's all about. When you are overwhelmed, go to the rock. Go to Christ. Go to, go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, he's not overwhelmed. You can't overwhelm the Lord. <laughs> he's perfect and holy. And he's non-overwhelming. So you can approach him in prayer and uh, let him have it, uh, so to speak. <laughs> Please forgive me, Lord. <laughs> I didn't mean let him have it in that sense. But let you know, him, let him have it. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Exactly. But so also that, uh, when, when times are good and things are going well, again, prayer is essential. Yeah. Give God the credit. Yeah. Give him the credit for things going well. Yeah. And, and that's why Paul, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll share this, yeah, this would, section please. from uh, Philippians chapter 4, uh, where St. Paul wrote, now keep in mind, we think, we're not sure, but we think Paul was in his Roman imprisonment when he wrote these words to the Philippians. And the first thing that hits you is, well, Paul says to the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always again, I will say rejoice. What? And Paul is in prison and he's saying rejoice? Is he nuts? Is he crazy? No, uh, he's not. Uh, he just knows where to go to get that rejoicing spirit. And it doesn't come from within. It does come from him. It comes from Christ. And Paul says, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. And here's the deal. But in everything by prayer mm -hmm. and supplication, with thanksgiving, there you go. Let your requests be made known unto God and... So here's the result of it. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the peace of God acts like a sentry or a guard to keep out all the invading forces of worry. Here's what's happening. Here's, here's what you do. You pray to the Lord about a matter and you say thank you in advance before you get the answer. That yeah. tells the Lord that you're willing to take him at his word. Yeah. We'll get what we need, not necessarily what we want. Uh, I remember seeing a cartoon one time where uh, uh, a young child was talking to a pastor, and he said, you know, God didn't answer my prayer. I wanted something. And the pastor said, but he did answer your prayer. The answer was no. Exactly. Precisely. Yeah. The Lord, once again, our loving Heavenly Father. There was a program on television. You're my age, so I rem I know you remember it. Father Knows Best. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you'd like to think that I always thought that my earthly father, I put him up on a pedestal. Uh, first of all, he was not to brag on him, but I guess I am. He was a lieutenant in, uh, uh, on the USS Minneapolis during World War II. Oh, and uh, uh, so he was, you know, looked at things fairly regimented. And if he told me to clean the garage, for example, I sometimes would sweep some things under the car that hoped that he would. <laughs> and, but he, he discovered that. And he says, you're not done yet. So, you know, he was kind of a perfectionist. But I had the greatest respect for him. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but, and that he knew what was best as my earthly father and as God's representative, God's representative here on earth that he knows. Well, if your earthly father knows what is best, how much the more does not your heavenly, heavenly father, father knows know what is best for you in your life? And you know what else is interesting about that, Mark? You and I being the same age, you know, our, our fathers have long passed to their, to their rewards. Mm -hmm. And yet they're still influencing us. Very much so. And if our Very no longer so. present earthly fathers still influence us what about our omnipresent heavenly father that's an excellent parallel uh kip an excellent parallel uh once again an argument from the lesser to the greater 
if this is true, how much the more is not this true mm-hmm. on this side, that God uh, is is caring for you. And uh, uh, the scriptures state he careth for you. I mean, he has to. He's got an eternal investment in you through the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. So, you know, uh, his his investment is everlasting. And therefore, you assume that he cares. And, of, of course, it, he does. So some people say, Kip, about prayer, they say, well, how can God hear all the prayers of all these people that are praying all at once? Well, he's omniscient. He knows all things. And the scripture states that his ears are bent. They're inclined in your direction. So it would be a shame not to take the Lord up on his uh, invitation to uh, Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. So if you don't come to get the rest, there's the Lord with the inclined ear. And he says, hey. Where you know? Where's your request? Let me hear it. Does the Lord hear the prayers of non-Christians? There is no promise that He does. So it, it is important that, that prayer is for Christian people. It is for Christians, and and it is important to pray in the name of Jesus, as was mentioned earlier. No, that the scriptures even state, and I, I can't think of the reference exactly, but that the Lord does not hear the prayers of the non-Christian, mm. of the heathen. Oh, one thing I do, I, I, I live in a, in a heavily Jewish neighborhood, and these people are good neighbors. I mean, I couldn't ask mm-hmm. for better neighbors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do pray every day for them to... That's wonderful. ...to come to the, yes. the realization of Jesus as their, yes. as their Messiah. Yes. Um, is that a proper thing to do? Because as I say, now, now I'm praying yes. this intercessionary. Yeah. yeah, absolutely is a proper thing to do. What you're doing, I mean, we are to even pray for our enemies. Jesus did when he was on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So it is very proper to to pray for your non-Christian friends that they, that they might see Jesus as the real Messiah, the one who really already has come. He's not still coming. Well, he is for his second coming. Yeah. But he already came the first time. He is the true Messiah. I heard um, one of the... Uh one of the pastors here in one of the one of the earlier programs was talking to a a Jew and saying you know why didn't you accept why did you not accept Jesus as the messiah and uh the Jewish gentleman replied well because nothing changed the thing is everything changed everything yeah. changed yeah when Jesus came you mean yeah absolutely yeah everything changed yeah and just not in the way that they expected it to be. No, that's right. Yeah. They were looking, at, at the time that Jesus was here on this earth, yeah. they were looking for an earthly Messiah, uh, uh, another King David to rule them and to, to be the, the prosperous nation that they wanted to be. Uh, and, uh, of course, that's why the Jews saw him as a threat, so did the Romans. And we say, well, let him be crucified, let him be crucified. Well, because this king this, this says that he's king of the Jews, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, but, of course, G- Jesus told them, my, my kingdom's not of this world, not of this world. It's another kingdom. Yeah, that's a, another topic for discussion on another day is why... So many members of the Sanhedrin were were basically collaborationists. You know, they, they were protecting their own position rather than their people. Although perhaps they had a had a legitimate well, fear that there might be an uprising. Which I would... think they did. They did have the uprising fear, but then there were politicians too. 
Yeah. They were definitely politicians. I think especially the Sadducees were... <laughs> They didn't believe there was a resurrection, so they were, you yeah. know, the Sadducees were uh, a different yeah. breed of animal there, that's for sure. Yeah, that, I, I must admit, I never understood the Sadducee point of view. I can see the Pharisees sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like them, but I understand what they were doing and why they're doing it. The Sadducees, they just seem to me like selfish, self-centered people. Well, I think, you know, anybody that does not know Jesus Christ and does not, you know, by faith receive him as their Savior... Uh, that selfishness is going to be at the forefront. It's going to be uh, no, no question about it. And the pride that the Pharisees had, oh, my goodness. You know, and just like the Pharisees' prayer, God, I thank you that I'm not like this publican yeah. over here, you know, and all this. And the, the publican smote on, smote on his breast and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. You know, sure. that's, that's humility. You know, you're coming before God in true humility, recognizing that, uh, yeah, you're a poor, miserable sinner, but hey, I'm a forgiven poor, miserable sinner, which means I'm not poor and miserable anymore. <laughs> I, I'm rich. I'm rich in the mercy of God and uh, with his forgiveness uh, and strength every day. Well, as a bumper sticker I once saw, said, you know, Christians are perfect, just forgiven. <laughs> well, we're not perfect, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, and that we old are Adam, he's out there, I got to tell you. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, we're at the bottom of the hour here, Mark, so I'm going to take a little bit of a break, and then we've got to talk some more about this prayer. I mean, it is power. People don't realize just how much power there is in prayer, I think. Yeah, I can give a couple examples of that. Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's do that. We'll do that right after these messages. Here is what our listeners are saying about KFUO Radio. I want to say that I'm very happy that you're on the air. Your theology is excellent. I've been a member of the LCMS for about 18, 19 years, and I still have to get hit up on the side of the head with the gospel. <laughs> it's a never-ending battle, but thank you for being there. Lord bless it to you. To leave a message on the KFUO comment line, call 314-996-1542. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Worldwide KFUO. October 4th, 2019, KFUO Radio rejoices with our day sponsors, two faithful listeners of KFUO in Richmond Heights, Missouri. These two listeners made a contribution to KFUO in honor of their 39th wedding anniversary and in thanksgiving to the Lord for the blessing of each other. Once again, we say thank you to two faithful listeners of KFUO in Richmond Heights, Missouri for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO day sponsors. On the next Lamplighter Theater. Oh, no. I didn't believe it to be true. What is it, Mr. Clint? Uh, nobody move. I never would have taken it this way if I knew it was real. Mr. Flint, what's wrong? That's not mud. That's quicksand. Oh, quicksand. Quicksand. Oh. quicksand. I'm stuck in quicksand. Oh, Help us. Uh, stop moving. You'll only sink faster. Don't miss the next Lamplighter Theater. Saturday mornings at 11 on Worldwide KFUO. National Trivia Day, let's try some Bible trivia. 
In Exodus, God gave manna to the Israelites in the desert. What does the word manna mean? Answer, manna literally translates, what is it? How many of each animal did Moses bring into the ark? Answer, none. Noah built the ark, not Moses, but you knew that, right? While Bible trivia can be fun, there's nothing trivial about the Bible's impact on the world. Over 100 million Bibles are printed every year. 92% of Americans own at least one Bible. More than 2,100 languages have at least one book of the Bible translated into that language. Engage with the Bible and its continuing impact on history, culture, and art. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. Well, welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. My guest pastor today is Mark Hawkinson, who's the host of KFUO Radio's Moments of Assurance. We're talking about prayer. If you have some comments or some questions that you want to ask or talk about, well, you can do it either by emailing us at letstalk at kfuo.org, or if you're in the St. Louis area, including Metro East, call us at 314-821-0850, or in the lower 48, toll-free at 1-800-730-2727. Mark, I want to pass this segment of the program over to you. The simple fact is that you've forgotten more about prayer than I will ever know. All right. And uh, <laughs> I want you to educate me. Well, let's talk about the content of prayer for just a minute. Sounds uh, good. The content, the catechism, for example, asks what should be the content of our prayers. Well, I maintain that you can talk, we can just talk to God about just about anything you want to, but uh, the, generally you can ask for anything and everything that tends to the glory of God. See, that's, that's the critical thing. And to our own and to our neighbor's welfare. So we're praying for ourselves, but we're also praying second table of the law, you know, the love your neighbor as yourself. Therefore, you want to pray for your neighbor. You also want to pray for your, even for your enemies. Jesus did. And if Jesus did, then you and I certainly should be praying for our enemies. And we talked before, how should we pray? We should pray in the name of Jesus. What does that mean? It doesn't mean just arbitrarily saying, I pray in the name of Jesus. It means to do it with faith in him as your redeemer, that you're trusting in him as your savior. And we are also to pray with confidence. Jesus said, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Uh, Once again, uh, as according to his holy will, as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, uh, James 1, 6 and 7. When he asks... He must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. So don't doubt when you pray. Doubt, uh, believe, and have confidence that the Lord is going to answer you his way and in oh, with his timing. Uh, your timing and the Lord's mm-hmm. may not exactly agree. It's like uh, I, I have some microwave prayers. And a microwave. <laughs> microwave prayers. Yeah, I want it now. Yeah, just give <laughs> oh, it to okay. me now in 30 seconds, please. I will give you an example. Now, the Lord, n- num- number one, of course, as I mentioned earlier, the Lord is not some sort of a bellhop. Uh, you can't control him uh, per se. 
and he may decide not to answer your prayer. But, you know, I do have somewhat of a disability in my hip and in my leg. I've got an electric chair. Uh, that doesn't sound right. I've got a... <laughs> That's an electric chair. That may be where I'm going someday. I don't know. But I, no, I've, I've got a motorized chair, and uh, I, I use it when I get uh, feeling too weak. And when I don't feel too weak, then I, I just, I'm able to walk without any help. And uh, so I'm very, very thankful uh, for that. But when I was at the communion, uh, again, I'm, I'm not the pastor. I'm a pastor here at KFU Radio, but I do not have a parish. I am a member of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod's congregation in Washington, Missouri, at Emmanuel Lutheran there. It's a very, very wonderful, a very fine congregation. Now, when I go up to take Holy Communion on Sunday, this last Sunday, I forgot my cane. And Oops. I like to have my cane there to steady myself. So I just said a quick prayer to the Lord. I said, Lord, steady my leg. It's wobbling. And he did. I, I, that leg immediately steadied up. Now, that is insane. Now, it's... I can't control God. He just answered that prayer. I believe that he would. He answered it. He might not have answered it, and that's fine too, but he chose to answer that prayer. Other prayers that you pray may take decades for him to finally answer, years for him to respond to. And uh, uh, so you, you, and that requires patience, and it also requires trust. Because the scriptures exhort you and me to trust in the Lord at all times, not just, uh, uh, oh, yeah, let's get the four-leaf clover out. And uh, He loves me. No, he doesn't. He loves me. No, he doesn't. He'll answer. No, he won't. He'll answer. No, he won't. You have to believe. And, you know, the Lord does answer prayer. He certainly does. You have to believe that he will and that he'll answer his way. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we don't know what we ought to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Uh, So I look at it this way. The Holy Spirit intercepts my prayer and adjusts it to fit and to conform to the holy will of God. He's the interceptor and, and the adjuster. He adjusts my prayer to conform to the holy will of God. Can you make a silent prayer? No, sure. Not, not actually speaking it out loud. I mean, I, I think I I do it all the time. I will just think of a prayer, or just you know, just thanking God for what He's done for me this particular day oh, or this particular sure. life. Well, sure. The, the you know the scriptures say, "Oh Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be mm. acceptable in Your sight, our strength and our redeemer." So, you you have some meditation that's just from your heart. But in Psalm 139, the psalmist writes, O Lord, thou hast searched me, and thou knowest me. You know when I sit down, when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. Oh, there you go. He discerns. He understands our Mm -hmm. thoughts from afar. So when you utter a silent prayer to the Lord, he already knows it. He, He already knows it. Uh, in Isaiah 65, it says, "Before and God is talking here, before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. So the answer is on its way, perhaps even today, and maybe not. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's where the trust level comes in. God is not a genie in the bottle. He is, he's your loving Heavenly Father. He knows what's best, and he's going to take care of the rest of your life. You can testify to it with some of the trials you've been through. Uh, I've been through stage four cancer, and I can testify to it as well. Uh, so, um, 
I'll give you another example of how the Lord can answer a prayer in an immediate sort of way. Okay. My daughter used to work at a dairy farm, and uh, we live out in the country, out in, in western Franklin County, Missouri. And uh, she, uh, we have, uh, we purchased, oh, back in 2002, we purchased some farmland there from a farmer at a very reasonable price. Several acres, and it's, it's very nice out there. We love it. It's God's country. And uh, uh, so she was able to, to, she still lives with us, my daughter. Well, the other daughter's married and has two boys, uh, she and her husband. But uh, this daughter worked at a dairy farm, and one day she was in the pen, and there there was a bull there. She never thought too much about it because the bull was just kind of there and didn't, didn't pay any attention to the bull. and The bull didn't pay any attention to her. Except for this day, something happened. The bull was in a bad mood or something. But, uh, and so the bull uh, charged her Ooh. and uh, ran toward her at a high rate of speed. And she thought, uh, you know, what am I going to do? I'm dead. I'm going to die. I can't outrun that bull. Uh, this is what my daughter told me. Uh, she related the incident to me. And uh, so she just simply yelled out, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And the bull stopped in its tracks, turned around and ran in the opposite direction. And you can say what you want about all oh, that was just this or that. But don't. I'm, I'm not. I'm not convinced. I'm 100 percent convinced that that was an answer to her prayer, to her yelling out Jesus. So the Lord uh, and that bull just just apparently, according to Kristen, uh, my daughter, that bull uh, just made a made a huge noise, stopped in his tracks and immediately turned and ran the other direction at a high rate of speed. Wow. So, um, you know, the Lord can, but he does not always answer prayers that way. And as, as you know, and you'd like him to always answer uh, so that you would know what's going to happen. And, uh, but, but that's where patience and faith come in. And either, you, either you're going to trust God or you're not. I mean, what's it going to be? That's what God says, too. Are you going to trust me or are you not going to trust me? Yeah, I think it's really where it, it comes down to is faith and trust. You, you have it or you don't have it. And you know that, that's something that I can't quite understand with uh, with agnostics more than atheists. You know, oddly enough, an atheist does have a faith. They, their faith is they don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> They're rejecting something yeah. that they can't disprove. You know, mm-hmm. where the agnostic is saying, golly, I just don't know. And that well, you you, you got to look at then at Psalm fourteen verse one, where, where it says, "Only the fool says in his heart there is no God." Uh, you have to be a fool to, to think that there is no God, because uh, you know the heavens uh, in Psalm nineteen, the heavens are telling the glory of God, and the earth shows forth His handiwork. So you mm-hmm. you know the evidence of the Lord's presence uh, is is uh, His fingerprints are everywhere. That's for sure. Autumn colors, yes, sunrise autumn colors. I, uh, a couple of years ago, I was visiting my brother out in uh, New Mexico, and uh, at that time, he was living uh, way up in the mountains, away from everything. And I remember walking outside of his house one night, and Mark, I have never seen such a glorious sky. With really all the stars, yeah. I mean, it was yes, there was no light pollution, there was no air pollution. It was just I have never seen a sky like that. Wow. Yeah. And that was an awe-inspiring moment for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I just—I was walking out to my car, and I just happened to look up, and I saw this. Oh, merciful heaven! What have I just seen? There you go. Yeah, the heavens are telling the glory of God. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, the firmament showeth his handiwork. You, you see it everywhere you everywhere you look. And so, God lets us know, but sometimes you know we just don't see or don't want to see or. Ah, it's the old saying goes, I don't understand people, <laughs> least of all myself. Well, let's get, I'll give a couple examples. Well, yeah, for please. example, Paul's infamous thorn in the flesh. He prayed to the Lord three times that that thorn would be removed. But God says, my grace is enough for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So uh, in that case, the Lord did not remove St. Paul's thorn. We don't know what his thorn was. Uh, there are a lot of projected theories about it, but nobody knows for sure. Uh, St. Paul informed the Corinthians. He said, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. That's a paradox right there. It is. Yeah. So, you know, uh, in that case, the Lord said no. And you you draw from my grace and my strength. So the Lord will either answer your prayer, or he'll give you something better, or he'll give you the strength to endure whatever you have to endure. And just know that he always will answer, even though you might not realize it at that time. Of course he'll always answer. He he uh, He's your loving. See, that's the key. He's your loving Heavenly Father. And uh, loving, just like an earthly father, is not going to turn away from his children. God, your heavenly father, after giving up his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. do you think he's going to turn away from you? And do you think he's not going to take care of you? St. Paul said, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Well, as, as an earthly father would, would sacrifice his life for his child, our heavenly father essentially did the same thing. He did the same thing. In a, in a much greater way, in that he bore the sins, not just all of your sins, but or all of mine, but all the sins of all the people in the world who have ever lived or ever will live, all were borne by him. And that's just unimaginable when you think what he had to bear, uh, the agony that he had to go through. The agony of, of the crucifixion was not so much in the nails that were driven through. I mean, I can't even imagine that. I, I can't. I I can't imagine the pain. And hanging there like that with the, mm. the flesh and, and what he went through there. But the, then the weight of uh, only Jesus knows what that was like. Mm. The weight of the sins of the whole world on him at one time. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, another prayer of thanksgiving that we need to give every single day. Yeah. And uh, when, when you, all you have to do is think of Calvary. All you have to do is think of your lungs and breathing in and out and a heart that, that's still beating and uh, the fact that someday the heart will not beat anymore. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, you're okay. Because yeah. the real you, you're in the house right now. You're in the house of this body. The body is is going to go in the ground, but you're not. That's what people say. Oh, I can't stand. I'm going to suffocate down there in the six feet. Under. <laughs> you won't know it. See, that's the thing. You, obviously, you're not going to know uh, because you're dead, and uh, <laughs> the, the, your 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 body goes in the ground, but but you, the, your soul, goes to be with Jesus right away. So you you go to be with Jesus. There is never going to be ever a moment when you're not with Him. So you might as well start talking and praying to Him now because you're going to be able to be with him at that heavenly banquet table uh, for eternity. Well, you know, you and I have discussed uh, situations where we have both been on the cusp of dying. 
Oh, yeah. And uh, I know, and I think you and I both have had exactly the same experience with that, the knowledge that whatever is going to happen, we're going to win. We've already won. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Yeah. We'll be returned to health and, and go back to our family and our friends, or we will go to be with Jesus. How can we lose? No, you can't lose when you've already won through God's precious and only Son. That's certainly true. Uh, so uh, it, it, it's hard, though, uh, when you... It's hard to think of losing your family. and, it and is. not uh, that's, that's the hard part. And, and, and thinking of them f- or losing you, and that also is hard. But mm. there is going to be a huge reunion in heaven when everybody gets to see each other once again. So get along with others now because... <laughs> I was going to say, what about those relatives you don't like? uh, That's right. Uh, You could choose your your friends, not your relatives. Everybody loves their mother-in-law, you know, let's say. uh, I'm talking about agape love, and agape is a sacrificial love. You may not always like your mother-in-law. I don't know. I've always liked my mother-in-law, but... uh, And she's in heaven now, so... But I'm going to be reunited with her someday as well, so... That we have to anticipate, and uh, some people wonder, you know, they think, well, I pray in church. Well, that's fine, but what about every day? Because you don't know when you wake up if this is going to be your last day or not. You should be talking to the one that you're going to be seeing, maybe even that very day. You know, I, I have uh, heard that people say that, you know, well, I go to church, and so that's when I pray. Mm-hmm. That's corporate prayer. Yeah. That's, that's a corporate prayer in the divine service, but that... Uh, uh, doesn't uh, negate uh, talking to the Lord throughout the week. And uh, the Jews had, you know, certain hours that they would uh, that they would pray, like from, you know, yeah. 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. was one segment, 9 a.m. To, no- to noon was another, and then they prayed also. From, there was others that prayed from noon to 3 p.m. and 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. and so forth. They had particular hours of prayer that they prayed. And I look at it this way. I, I certainly... Uh, I want to pray in the morning. I want to be sure to pray at noon. I want to pray in the evening, and I want to—that's what Luther says to do, okay. Martin Luther—and and also to pray before you go to bed as well. Now, Luther also uh, spoke against the people who would uh, who would uh, isolate themselves and do nothing but pray. Oh, monastic. Yeah, right, right, monastery right. type things. Well, yeah, because they're not doing anything. We're here. Uh, Psalm one thirteen. Praise him, O servants of God. Praise ye the name of the Lord. Uh, but we serve him by serving others. Oh. See, that's that's the deal. And how are you going to do that if you're in in a uh, an enclosure, a monastic uh, type life? He wants you to get out there and and serve. And uh, maybe some of them do. You know, I've heard that some of them really do some service, and, and that's good. And, of course, it's not for merit. Uh, all the merit is in Jesus Christ for your oh, yeah. salvation. But because we get to inherit, we want to serve him with a pedal-to-the-metal uh, service. And uh, speaking of cloister or, or being in a cloister, mm-hmm. some people ask, uh, where should we pray if we're not praying in church? Then where is it that we should pray? Well, anywhere. Uh, everywhere, especially when we're alone, with our families, and in church. Pray in your car, on the street corner. Uh, how about in a prayer closet? There you go. You can, a prayer you, can, closet? You, can you can have a prayer closet, a place to go uh, that is uh, utilized specifically for prayer. That's that's uh, you know it's a unique use. 
you don't uh, you don't go in there just to sit. You go in there to pray. You, you go in there to talk to God, and that's your time with the Lord. Your your special time with uh, the Almighty. Matthew six six. Jesus said, "When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you." Uh, well, Mark, here's something that I do. Um, and I like your opinion of this. Uh, sometimes when I get overwhelmed and really feel the need for prayer or, or I can't get out of this type type thing, I do a little mind trick. Uh, I have this vision in my mind of a particular place. I just made it up. It doesn't exist so far as I know. But I see myself on the edge of a lake around sunset and... The lake is heavily wooded, and I can see the the sun reflecting on one side, and the other side is in shadow, and I can smell the water of the lake. And I just sit down, and, I, and this calms me down. And then I thank God. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I was thinking of Crater Lake, Oregon. Crater Lake, where uh, the lake is motionless, uh, where when you peer down into the lake, it's a mirror. And unfortunately, at our age, we get to see ourselves if we really are. That's a mirror. But uh, uh, it is so serene and so peaceful. Yeah. And uh, it, uh, I started my ministry, uh, Kip, in the mountains of East Tennessee and around the tri-cities of Bristol, Kingsport, Johnson City, Tennessee. And it really is, uh, of course, every place is God's country. I believe that. Mm-hmm. And everybody can claim they're, they're living in God's country. Uh, but this, uh, for me, was special out there in the mountains, uh, the Appalachian. And if you say Appalachian, you know, we know you're not from there. But, they, <laughs> but the natives, the ones that are, are germane to that area, they will say Appalachian, you know. And uh, I learned how to fly. Uh, I got a private pilot's license there uh, in Appalachia. And uh, almost crashed a plane, but that's all right. That's, that's not here fun. There. No, it was fun, actually. <laughs> I'm not going to ask about that one. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, I'll was, tell you about uh, my motorcycle accident then, okay? Okay. Do you have a motorcycle? <laughs> I did. Okay, what happened? I crashed. Oh, okay. Were you injured pretty badly? <laughs> yeah, I, not as bad as I should have been. Uh, <laughs> I'm were, serious. I should have been Oh, my goodness. I should have been killed. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And... Um, you know, I, I say sometimes that, you know, the difference between the boy and the man is that the man knows he is mortal. The boy may know it intellectually, but doesn't really believe no, it. It doesn't ring up here. It, does, no. it doesn't resonate. And that's what the motorcycle crash did for me. That was the time I realized I was truly mortal. So I like to say the child in me died that day. The man was born. There you go. That's, that uh, That is a wonderful, wonderful way of looking at it. I know uh, when I was in Appalachia there, I, it was my second solo flight, and uh, uh, my uh, flight instructor forgot to, um, he forgot to call the tower and tell them I was a student pilot doing touch and goes on runway 22 there in uh, Johnson City, Tennessee, at the Tri-City Airport. And uh, as a result, um, he... Uh, I would call the tower, and the tower, the tower would call back and say, we have no record of you. <laughs> and I would say, I can assure you, I exist. And so <laughs> uh, so then, then he finally said, well, we have you on radar. Make a right turn. So he didn't give me a heading or anything. He just said, make a right turn. I make a right turn. I'm headed right for a mountain. Oh, gee. 
And I said, I'm headed for a mountain. I said, well, then make a left turn. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, this is, it went back and forth. And finally, I decided to take the bull by the horns. And, uh, I, you know, because he said there was a DC-9 jet coming in and for a landing, I thought, no, I'm not going to fool with this. So I crossed over runway 22 to runway 27, which is what, at an angle. I wasn't used to making right, right-hand right turns around the field. Normally, you make left-hand turns mm-hmm. around the field. So it felt real strange. And I just couldn't get over the strange feeling. And then uh, some wind shear came along. Oops. There was a, a thunderstorm in the area to, to add to everything else. And I hit the wrong rudder pedal. And turned the plane around sideways, and uh, I panicked a little bit. I admit it. You know, I panicked. I let go of the yoke, what we call the yoke, the steering. Mm -hmm. And I just started praying the Lord's Prayer because I I didn't have a wife or a family at that time. This is a long time ago. And uh, I just figured I'm going to die today. And by golly, I'll tell you, that plane just landed itself, a Cessna (laughs) plane. It landed itself, seemed to land itself. It bounced out. Uh, into the grass and uh, got some mud on it. That was it. And my pride was hurt. That was about all. And I broke some sunglasses, uh, a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> so at any rate, yeah. uh, it, no, the Lord, When here, here's what I tell people. When it is your time for the Lord to call you home, you won't be able to stop it. Yeah. Until yeah. that time, he wants you here to serve him in whatever possible way you can, even if it's just praying for other people. And, you know, Luther was very, very upfront about this. We have our vocation. That's right. This that is, is exactly correct. Yeah. yeah. And this is given to us by God. We all have our vocation, all have our little specific specific talents. We may not realize how to use it, but I tell you, it took me a long time. Uh, but uh this is this is it. This is part of it. And when we use our talents to glorify God, isn't that perhaps also a form of prayer? In a sense, because your 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 life is your whole life is an attitude of prayer. Your whole life is is in an attitude of thanksgiving to God. And when you're looking at everything from that perspective, then it helps you to get through any challenge that you might be facing. That's for sure. Well, I'm I'm am aware now. I wasn't aware for most of my life, but I was aware. I'm aware now that I think I am doing God's will. You know, He He guided oh, me sure. to, to where I am. Sure, absolutely. But I didn't realize it at the time. And, absolutely. And I got to tell you, sometimes it was kind of a rough road. Well, I imagine so. But yeah, uh, the Lord had guided. Um, we're glad you're here. That's for sure. We're I'm glad, glad I'm you're here, here too. Yeah. Well, Mark, we're uh, getting into about the last minute. Any final thoughts? Well, I just encourage people to do what the Apostle Paul urged the Thessalonians to do, and that is to pray without ceasing. That's your, your whole life. It's not that you have to be down on a prayer rug at all times. You can't bring your prayer rug around all at all times. But that uh, uh, you would have an attitude of prayer and that you would communicate with the Almighty. That's what it's all about. Uh, keep the If you want a marriage to last and survive, communicate, communicate, communicate. And it's the same way. If you want to keep your faith strong, communicate with the Lord. He communicates with you through his precious word and his blessed sacraments. Well, Mark, thank you for your words of wisdom. You're very welcome. Well, you've been listening to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. My guest pastor today was my co-worker and friend, Mark Hawkinson, who is also the host of Moments of Assurance. Terrific program. A little preaching, a little preaching, a little music, a little music. We got some trivia, all sorts of good things. It's good stuff, Mark. Absolutely. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thank you, Kip. Okay. Thank you much, people, and we'll talk to you next Friday. You've been listening to The Pastor Is In. 
weekly chance to chat with a pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.